This is an ABC podcast. Fruits and Shoots with Amber and Sabrina. After 9am, here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. And the ABC Listen app. Good morning. I'm Sarah Knight. I'm not Amber Cunningham. No, in fact, there's not any likeness whatsoever, Sarah. But I did hear you much earlier on and I thought... Oh, poor Amber. She would have to be nearly dead not to be here in the studio. She sounded like she was nearly dead. <laughs> no, it was. it's really she's fine, yeah. but her voice has just gone. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, couldn't present today. No, and no. it would have meant that I'd have to come in at 5am as well and do both parts. Yeah. Right up until the it. gardening. All of it. All of it. And that would be a little bit too much to bear, I feel. I don't know. I think there would be a cohort of people that would be just bring it on. I don't know. Not at 6am. I think I'm more You might a... not have been one of them. <laughs> I, no, that, I know. I'm quite sprightly at 6am. Oh, you've got to get your gardening done before yeah. the sun gets too hot. That's what I do. I get up out of bed, make a cup of tea, straight out in the garden. Sounds good to me. Oh, it's now, lovely. We are taking calls and texts on gardening issues because Sabrina is our gardening expert, as you know, and our numbers are 1300 222 720 or 0437 922 720 if you'd prefer to send a text. You can also send these days an image with your text. <gasps> we were so excited. Now, I have seen said text. Mm-hmm. And I've just got to go and find it because it's... Oh. Is it there where the little no, thing is? No. Not, no. Oh. no. Well, it might be. But, oh. you know, we had to go back uh, oh. to the strawberries. Oh, yes. Look at that. Oh. So this is from Teresa in Mount Lawley, who's yes. wondering if her strawberries have chilli thrip. Well, do you know, chilli thrip do absolutely love and adore strawberries. Do they? Unfo- yeah. So, you I know, when they were the, just roses. No. When the big chilli thrip thing came through, it's three years ago now, the strawberry farms were absolutely decimated. So strawberries, grapes... Mm. Chilies, capsicums, <laughs> tomatoes, you name it. Um, so now the good news is I don't think it's chili thrip because the little thrippy things, I think it's actually flower thrip, which is probably, well, it's almost as bad. So, yes, there are definitely thrips on there. How can you tell from that photo? What do you so, look for? Okay, so there's tiny, tiny, tiny little white dots. Oh, yes. And some of the edges of the leaves are yellow mm. and you've got that mottling. And what the chili thrip do is they suck the chlorophyll out of the leaf. Mm-hmm. So you quite often get that mottling and then it'll go brown on the edge of the leaf. So it's already going yellow on the tips of the leaves. Every day's a school day with you, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you can ask me anything about... Anything else is not plant related and I'm not so hot. That's okay. We've got um, you here for the plants. That's so, true. So, what do you do? Now, because it's an edible plant, you don't want to be using anything that's nasty and toxic. So I suggest potassium soap. So it's um, there's a couple of products that are made from potassium soap and it desiccates the thrip. Okay. So you spray it on your strawberries, you leave it, and then high-pressure, not high-pressure hose, because you blast your strawberries off, um, just hose it down about two days later, and then you're going to have to do a second spray two weeks from the first potassium soap spray. So potassium soap, safe to use on all your veggies. Okay. All right, let's take some calls on ABC Radio Perth and WA, our number one three hundred triple two seven twenty, or text zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Sabrina mm. will answer calls from all over the state and out of the state. We get text messages from, from Queensland. Yeah, isn't I know. that fabulous? Well, they're bracing at the moment for I a know, cyclone, aren't I they? Know. All right, so Evan is our first caller. Evan. Welcome to Roots and Shoots. Samantha, thanks for taking the call. Ah, oh, that's quite um, all right. I've been cleaning up a garden in Ellenbrook. Yes. 
and under an agapanthus that was being choked by cooch grass, mm-hmm. I found a white worm. Now, it's definitely not a, a normal worm. Um, it's segmented. Mm-hmm. It's about three to four centimetres long. Yep. And I reckon at one end it's got a very tiny black spot maybe for its head. Ah, yes. Yeah. Do you know the worm? Yes, so that's actually okay. not a worm. That's a larvae of a beetle. Ah, that'd be right. Yeah, yeah. so it'll be... It's a grub, so it's a larvae. Yeah. Now, what beetle it might be, I do not know, but it'll definitely okay. be a beetle, and it will definitely be chewing the root system of something. Yeah, probably the acopanthus because they're softer than the cooch grass. No, it'll go um, for a harder root. It'll yeah, be after got, something else. I've got Judy McMoore's book book on garden pests. Okay. Yeah, but it's not in that. No. Course. Now, no. the thing about larvae, Evan, it's mm. very difficult to actually – most of the – Mm. Pesticides that they use for beetle larvae is pretty nasty stuff. That's right. So now would all... that caterpillar stuff work? Uh, no. Oh. No, different different system. Mm. Um and the other thing is they live down in the soil, so you have to drench it with the nasty stuff which you don't want to do. Not mm. not before Christmas. The plants are fairly viable, the soil's they the are... soil's quite friable and he, yep. he, the the person that I'm working at does put plenty of water on, so okay. the plants should be healthy and they can probably take the pests. You know That's what I mean? exactly right, Evan. Mm. So the larvae of species, don't forget, are an important food source for things like magpies, butcher birds, all those sorts of things. It's about eight inches down in the... In the yeah, in the I know. So I wouldn't worry about it, Evan, because they all... All those beetles, everything has a role, so... Um, I would, wouldn't worry. Tell them not to worry. All righty. Thank you, Evan. Uh, Patricia's in Australind. Hello, Patricia. Good morning, uh, Sarah and Sabrina. Morning, Patricia. How I can we help? A, I have an Illawarra flame tree mm-hmm. that I bought as a, a flowering, very small plant. Yeah. It's now four or five years old, mm-hmm. monstrously high. Yes, Absolutely beautiful tree, yeah. but it has never flowered since. Ah, now, with the uh, – so it's the the red bells? Yes. It's, yeah, okay. So with that particular brachychiton, they are – let's say they're recalcitrant. So you will see that they use them as a street tree in some of the suburbs. And yeah, so – you'll see some of them flower prolifically and others don't at all. And then Mm -hmm. some will flower every second year, some will flower every fifth year. Um, They're nearly all grown from seeds, so you get enormous variation. And Uh. the thing about real tropical trees is they are so sensitive to the difference between daytime and nighttime temperature. So their flowering will very much depend on climate. Mm. Now, don't give up on it, though, Patricia, because oh, if no, it's, it's the most beautiful plant, yeah, beautiful there's not much you can do. You can up the fertilizer during the winter months. You can mm-hmm. add sulfate of potash um, to try and encourage it to flower, but basically, it depends on the weather. Well, we've got heaps of them just down the road and they all flower. They're all flowering, flowering. yeah. Yes. Maybe up the fertiliser a bit. I might show it the axe if it doesn't. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you mean just show it the axe. <laughs> Them's fighting words, yeah. fighting Ooh. words, Patricia. Yeah. All right. So it's really just a hit and miss now, isn't it? Um, I'm afraid so. But up, up the fertiliser. Sorry. Do you think it will ever? Do you think? Of it course, will it will. Flower? It will. It will definitely oh, flower. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Have faith. All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Just Thanks, get out Patricia. the chainsaw or the axe and walk yeah, past it a few times. Lean it up it. against the trunk. Ooh. Might do the trick. Who knows? Uh, Spyro is next. Hello, Spyro. Thanks for being part of Roots and Shoots this morning. How can we help? Merry Christmas, girls. Ah, same to you, Spyro. I actually mowed my lawn yesterday in anticipation. Oh, no. And you can call me Spiro would be better. Oh, Oh, Spiro. Spiro. Sorry, Spiro. Spiro is far better. If I was Greek, I would have called you Spiro anyway. I had no choice. Ah. You know, I was just... (laughs) 
I was just named after my grandfather, as you know. Where and was he uh, Greek? Wanna... Was he Greek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah he was Greek. My yeah. great grandfather was a bishop. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. cool. And my grand and my grandfather used to be the cantor in the church in Parker Street. Oh my goodness me. So you go way there back. Go. Oh, a lot of history. Yeah. Anyway, I I'm I want to build new garden beds. Yes, yes, Biro. And I and, and I, I want a bit of colour in there. I want to put some plants that have got flowers that yeah. colour nice. Yeah. And and um, I've got a couple of trees. You know those stupid nutty trees that drop those little berries, the prickly ones. Ah, uh, box tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the council went ballistic with them back. Yeah, in the yeah. The Queensland box tree. Yeah, they're my favourite yeah. hated tree. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can come around my place and cut mine down. <laughs> the council, the council won't cut them down because no. they're sort of like they're they're, they're like canopy the, cover. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Better than nothing, roots, I guess. The roots are stopping the grass from growing. I don't yeah. know what to do about that. Any road, give us a bit of heads up, eh? Okay, so Spiro, if you've got the Queensland box tree, um, that's going to be a problem. So I would suggest for you get raised beds and even better still get wicking beds because it's going to be hard for the Queensland box tree to get through. But definitely have raised beds. Now, all veggie gardens should have flowers, shouldn't they, Sarah? Yes, they because should. Because flowers bring bees and bees pollinate your plants. So uh, in a veggie garden, you can have, there's a beautiful pineapple sage, which is a salvia. The bees absolutely love and adore that. You can have the little tiny lobelia. You can have dahlias, which are seriously my favourite flowers ever. They're a tuber. They die down at the end of summer. You don't worry about them. Forget they're there and boop, up they come again uh, in the spring, spring and summer. Um, so Marigolds. Marigolds are fantastic. So put all those flowering plants in among your your vegetables, but definitely go for raised bed, wicking beds, things like that. Okay, what can we be planting in our veggie gardens right now? Heaps of stuff. Like everyone's going ballistic with tomatoes. <laughs> you don't actually need to plant those, do you? They just no, pop they up. just come up. Yeah, they're cherry tomatoes. Uh, spring onions mm-hmm. are really, really good. All the leafy greens, bok choy, bok choy, um, choy sam, all the Asian greens. Then you've got silver beet. You've got rainbow chard. Lettuce, but don't put lettuce in once temperatures go above 35 degrees because they just bolt to seed, uh, unless you're growing seed for birds. Um, Then you've got carrots, you've got pumpkins, not too late for pumpkins, you've got tomatoes, eggplants, capsicum, chilies. Quite a bit to choose from, really. All Mm. summer veg. Mm. Lovely. It's 18 minutes past nine. This is Roots and Shoots on ABC Radio Perth. ABC Listen. Listen big to a symphony of podcasts on the ABC Listen app. How does that feel? Like the true crime mystery, Unravel Firebomb. How did they get away with it for so long? Sana Kadar's All in the Mind. As you scale this technique up, you can memorise all kinds of things. Or Mark Fennell's Stuff the British Stole. This should not be here. How did that happen? The big app for podcasts and quality audiobooks anywhere you want. Download the free ABC Listen app. Okay, Roots and Shoots, your gardening questions answered. We've got some lines for you, not many though, one 300 and quite a few texts coming in. Gary, Vicky, Daphne, you guys will be next. But first, we've got this from Margot. She sent us a picture of her daughter's majestic but perhaps perhaps pruned at the wrong time papaya tree in Wembley Downs. Mm. There's a substantial amount of rot at the bottom and it spread into the trunk, is there anything that Margot can do to save it? Now, the good thing is, Margot, most pawpaw trees will at some point in time rot because they're kind of a live fast, die young. So the picture that's been sent to us is a pawpaw tree that has a massive, like a third of it, Oh, not a third. A quarter of it is completely rotten. All the bark's peeled off and it's quite hollow. In fact, you could stick your hand in there, Sarah. Easily. And uh, pull out a rabbit. Uh, It's that big. So now, the thing about plants is 
The inside of a trunk is just wood, doesn't do anything, holds the structure of the plant. So the xylem and phloem, the bit on the outside, just underneath the bark, is the business part of town. That's where it's all happening. So it doesn't matter that the bit in the middle's dead. What does matter is the rot will continue to go up. However, remember, pawpaws only live for three or four years, then gone. So I would keep it going. Don't pack it, don't scrape it, don't do anything. Feed it, water it, get the pawpaws off this summer and then out. Out. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And hide things in there. Oh, that takes me back to my childhood. My (gasps) grandmother used to have a hole in a tree. It was a peppermint tree. Yeah. And she would hide presents in there and say they were from the fairies. Oh, how wonderful. And so we used to go around there and you you, you just knew where the fairy tree was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, see, Santa. Exciting. Santa might be – Santa might come down and put but some things fairies in, there. in the bottom of your garden? That's where they I live. I have fairies everywhere. Mm. Bottom and top, Sarah. Yeah. Mine are very – they're very mobile fairies. Yes. Mm. And mine were inconsistent. <laughs> If I can put it like that. All right, let's talk to Gary. He's been waiting very patiently on the line. Hello, Gary. How can we help? Yes, good. Um, happy uh, Christmas and all the best in the year, lady. Oh, thank I, you. Thank you. Um, my question is regarding um, Baronia. Yeah. Um, I uh, um, last two times I've tried the brown Baronia. Oh yes, mega stigma. I, no smell, no flowers, no mm. nothing. Aww. And my wife has threatened me with a single man's quarters in Fremantle if the next one doesn't flower. Yeah. So I'm talking Okay. Um, so, Gary, that the Baronia megastigma, um, it's quite a tricky plant to grow. Did you keep it in a pot? Uh, yeah, inside and out. Of you know, this uh, lodge in uh, in Bull Creek, yeah. Okay, so for baronias to flower, they actually need morning sun or dappled light. If they don't get enough sunshine, right. they okay. don't flower. Um, right. And it's brief, like it's only in spring. So you have to do the prep work in the in the winter. Make sure they get enough light, so enough sun. They get enough water, and they like an acid based soil so neutral to acid potting mix so if you get camellia rosalia potting mix some slow release native fertilizer don't use any other fertilizer then you should get flowers for next year all right so not this year but next year yeah gary thank you for being part of the program uh vicky's in woodridge hello vicky um good morning sabrina thank you for the show Pleasure. When do I cut? When do I cut chrysanthemums down to become bushy in May? Some already have small flowers, but they're being burnt by the sun. Yeah, the same thing happened to my chrysies this year. So in March, prune them really hard, Vicky. In March. Thank yep. you very much. And Pleasure. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye. Merry Christmas, Vicky. And Daphne has got a fruit tree question by the looks of it. Hello, Daphne. Hello. Um, I just wanted to find out, Sabrina, a light pruning, um, is it, can you do it now? No. I've got a mandarin tree who's decided to shoot through the middle and I don't want it to. Okay. Uh, now, we're in for milder weather. Now, that's a good question. Normally, I would say no, because yeah. particularly with citra trees, they actually get sunburnt. So mm. the so the outside bark is actually quite soft. And if you prune them midsummer, and then we get a run of 35 to 40 degree days, that area of the tree that has been in shade and now is in sun will actually get sunburnt. So it kind of stresses. The tree is actually um, very um, leafy. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. It's just decided for some reason, just like, you know, pop up a few branches. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, you can't do that. I don't want you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so uh, so we've got a week, at least a week of nice cool weather, I do believe. Yep. So ish. if you've got okay. an, uh, in yeah, the thirties, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if they if it's really annoying you, then take yep. them off today. Um, yep. Normally, you would have to wait until you know March. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought that. That's why I thought I'd just double-check with yeah. you first. Yeah, but if yeah. you've got enough foliage cover, that's not yeah, going to get is. sunburned. Yep, whip it off. Yeah. And Actually, the other th- I wanted to ask you one thing about avocado, if I could. Mm. We got fruit for the first time. Yep. But because I'm in Bangshire Grove, it's quite windy. Yep. And, of course, we've got no fruit. No, they all fell so, off. Of course. Yeah. Is there any way you can strengthen a tree so it can mm. hold on to the fruit more? Uh, now, there is a chemical that um, some of the growers use to help the fruit stray on, but basically no. Um, so all you can do is up the potassium. So potassium oh, okay. helps the fruit to stay, for the stalk to stay on the actual fruit. Oh, so right. make sure you've got enough, get a good mineralized based fertilizer, make sure there's enough sulfate of potash or potassium, um, water it, don't overfeed it with nitrogen. So, you know, don't go dumping on whole big mobs of chicken manure. Um, but Basically, the tree will decide whether it's going to hold fruit or not. Yeah. Hey, Daphne, I wanted to congratulate you on sneaking in a citrus question there. That was, <laughs> that was very well executed and leads me to ask this question about citrus. Um, gall wasp. I oh, noticed a yeah. gall on one of the branches. What should I do? I like it. Obviously, cut it off. And yeah. you will notice this um, at home because it is a like a lump. Yeah. A lump on the branch. It's very yeah. easy to spot. Yep. What do you do with it once you cut it off? Okay, so depending how – so the main – the easiest thing is to double black bag it. So get garbage bags, put it in two layers of black garbage bag, leave it out in the sun for two weeks. It solarises, so it cooks. It cooks whatever is left in there. Now, Citrus WA put out a big alert probably about six to eight weeks ago for every single gardener to actually go out and look at every single citrus tree they have and cut the galls off. Because if we get gall wasp in our citrus industry in WA, and we can actually get citrus all year round because of the climate within WA. If we don't do that, our fruit is going to cost three times as much. Mm. So, So double bagging it leaving it out in the sun. Some people put it in the freezer. Some people microwave it. But if you've got a dirty, great big branch, that's extremely difficult. So double bagging it is the way to go. Don't bury it. You can burn it in winter. Certainly not at this time of the year. No. Black bag, double bag it solarize it okay and so check your plants i check did, everything I, yeah it only goes on the citrus only though. citrus yeah. citrus gall wasp only goes and do you know where it came from sarah i'm going to say queensland but yep. no yes is it it did you know the native lime all yes. the finger limes and the native limes that's how it came over here oh. mm, because it's a native pest to the native lime in queensland oh Mm. But they're so nice in a gin and tonic. I know, they're delicious. It's 28 minutes past nine, ABC Radio Perth, one three hundred triple two seven twenty or zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Let's see if we can get to John in Margaret River mm. because after that it's your pick, right? Oh, yes. I have to say, Sarah, your fingers are looking beautiful. Thank you. I did them myself. I've never seen you with nail polish. It looks very, it's very Christmassy too. It's festive. It is festive. Would I'm, you like me to do yours? Oh, no, because I have gardening hands. <laughs> the, the, well, don't nail, look too closely. So do I. The nail polish should last for about 30 seconds, I reckon. And Sorry, John. We've oh, been distracted. We Here we go. Hello. Oh, hi there, guys. Hello, John. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to reproduce a few specimens. Yep. And um, I've got some mature, mainly females, lined up ready to do. Right. And I've, I bought some of that rooting powder. Ah, oh, yes, the hormone gel. And I yep. To know how much? How much would you apply to your stalk? Okay, so you literally, John, you dip it in like you're dipping a pen into ink, or a margarita glass into salt. So oh, you, yeah. so you, you literally just dip it in. So have you got the gel or the powder? I've got the rooting powder. So the powder, okay. So you can take the cutting, 
you can make sure you can spray it with a bit of uh, you know, water. bit of water, and then you dip it in the hormone powder, and then you get a pencil to make a hole in the potting mix before you put the cutting in. Otherwise, oh, that's you, a good tip. Yeah. Otherwise, you you get rid of all the rooting powder yeah, you when you it push off. it down. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, they used no, to no. call them back in the olden days when I was doing horticulture, you had what was called a dibbler stick. Mm. So you dibble. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you can dabble with your dibblers there, John. <laughs> Thank yeah, you very no. much for the call because we all learned another great tip. Thank oh, I you. Know. Go the pencil. It's half past nine. Sabrina's pick is next. Enjoy a feast of movies for free on ABC iView. From Colin Firth and Geoffrey Rush in The King's Speech. At last, sir, here's your speech. You are on air at six. To Dame Judi Dench in Red Joan. I am not a spy. Plus Carol, Boy, Empire Records, Burlesque and so many more. A feast of delicious movies all summer long. Bon appétit. Streaming free and ad-free on ABC iView. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. So we all need a bit of a bop, a bit of a rev up, a bit of a... How's your father? A bit of a dance. Oh, have I? Ten ten Uh, A bit of a dance. Um, Well, this is a pick for Molly because I know Molly loves Jack River. Oh, yeah, this is like a version, and because it's it's quite topical, Sarah. Why? Because you were talking to Chris about the worst sunburnt you've ever ever had, uh, and this little track. This is uh, this is called "Lie in the Sun." But slip, slop, slap. Indeed. Jack River, Lie in the Sun, Sab's Picks today on ABC Radio Perth, Roots and Shoots. Um, we're going to hit the text line. Yeah. See if we can get through a whole bunch of them. Yep. We're going to start with this one here from AU. Yep. A five-year-old mango tree dropping small fruit and they have yellowed. Mm, they mm. have. So number one, problem with complete pollination. Number two, high winds. Oh. Tropical trees are not used to really, really strong winds unless the cyclone comes through. Not much you can do about it. Increase the type, will change the type of fertiliser that you use Thing. Hang Change it to what? Uh, to, to something that's got at least 60 minerals in it because mm-hmm. you need lots of different minerals for mango trees. Don't, when the fruit starts forming, people start pumping the water on. Don't do that with mangoes, they'll drop half their mangoes. Oh. So, so you've got to allow them a few days to dry out before you water. And the best pollinators are bushflies and blowflies. Oh. <laughs> Great. So leave something dead, you know, hanging from the tree. Ah, the best pollination ever. And won't it be nice to sit outside with that <laughs> fermenting there? All right, uh, please help. Small ants have eaten the silks out of my new corn. Mm. All right, so it's not the ants that are eating the silks. It's the it's the caterpillars that are eating the oh. silks. Now, corn, of course, everyone's got corn coming up amazingly. And the most, so the ants will be after caterpillars. There is a wasp that eats the caterpillars or you spray with a, um, a bacteria. There's a bacteria that's specific for the, um, the eel, the corn webworm, they call it, and it chews off all the silk. Um, don't worry about that. Uh, unless you're going to save seed. So spray with a caterpillar-specific bacteria spray. There's two of them on the market. Okay. Um, right, next one. I let some brassicas over winter. Mm. Big mistake. It's called white fly explosion. Oh. oh, no. Nothing has been spared. How does she control these white flies? Okay, so we would call that a catch crop. <laughs> so, And that's the only use for kale is to use it as a catch crop I for agree. white fly. It's disgusting stuff. 
So um, spray the hell out of it with pyrethrum. Okay. For the catch crop. Um, you just, you know what, uh, rip it out. Rip rip all your stuff out. You're never going to get on top of white fly if it's that bad. Oh. Take all your veggies out and restart. Mm, Claire, I'm sorry leave about it that. For, yeah, leave it for three weeks and then replant. All right. Um, Julie wants to know for her mum, Gloria, what's up with her apricots and cherries? Let's have a look at this little photo. Oh, brown rot. Okay, so cherries, they have a a fungal disease. You need, too late to spray now, you need to spray with a copper spray when the cherries are dormant. Um, So what a shame. Yeah, because the ones that aren't rotten look Are beautiful. lovely. beautiful, yeah. yeah. So copper-based brain winter. Sorry about that, Gloria. All right. Uh, how do you encourage a peace lily houseplant to flower? You stick it in water, Sam. You have the, the pot in a pot and, in the, and then you're going to put some liquid fertiliser in the bottom of the water they they will grow in a pond and they flower beautifully, but they won't flower unless they get a lot of light. Oh. Lots of light, pot in a pot, water at the bottom. Okay. Oh, I might have to look at our ones out in the office. I'm not mm. sure how much light they get. All right, next question, Julie's. Uh, this peach has the most delicious fruit, but white ants have invaded an old injury. Ooh. What shall I do to salvage? Ooh. Okay, so you need to cut off the termite damage branch. So that's it's the all, main branch. The main just let branch, the other one shoot. which is all rotted. Mm. Let the other one shoot. But I don't know if it's a grafted apricot, and if it is, that may not be. Well, it's a peach. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so if it's a grass so, apricot, that'll yeah, be interesting. That's be, who knows what you'll get? Um, no, you've got to cut that off now. <sighs> the stuff that you use for termites in edible plants is quite tricky to get. Just prune it, prune all the wood out and keep the water up to it and see if it will... If you put a bit of if you put a bit of meat around the base, see if you can encourage black ants, which attack white ants. Oh, yeah. So black ants will eat the larvae of white ants of termites. Is that right? Mm. So yep. when you said meat around it, you mean meat? Yeah, yeah, to attract the black ants because they they like the protein, so they'll come yeah. in for the protein, and then they'll go, oh look, little tiny baby termites. Mm-mm. Mm. Come over to my place. I've yep. got bazillions of them. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or maybe that's why my house is termite-free. <gasps> I'm not sure it is termite-free. <laughs> Encourage war in your garden, the black ants versus yeah. the white ants. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And we've got Cherie in Geraldton who pruned her passion fruit early in November, but no sign of any new growth. And what Ooh. we are looking at in this photograph is a stick. Yeah, dead stick, maybe. I pulled mine out when it looked like that. Yeah. I don't. I just don't like Sherry's chances. So, Sherry, get your, get your fingernails, scrape the bark. If you see green, still alive. If you don't, it's dead. If you can't scrape the bark off and see any green, cactus. And I would suggest I'd put three, if it is still alive, you want three bags of compost, a bit of clay, chicken poo all around the base of it, wetting agent, water the hell out of it, and just, well, either that or Santa might bring you a new one for Christmas. Mm, I think Santa might need mm. to do that, looking at that. Yeah, they're, they're gross feeders, aren't they, Patrick? They are Truth? gross feeders. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go back to the phones. Our phone number, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. It is 19 minutes to 10 on ABC Radio Perth and WA. And Terry from Geraldton, we're staying in Geraldton, is ah, with us now. Gerald. Hello, Terry. Yeah, morning, ladies. Morning, uh, Terry. Ah, you're very happy as as usual. As Sabrina. usual, yes. Yeah. Sabrina, uh, I have a mystery to solve. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm well aware that uh, native Christmas trees are parasitic, yeah, uh, and they love to feed off banksias. Yes. Why though do I see so many solitary trees in the middle of a paddock that the farmers obviously spared? Yep. Happily flowering and growing. Okay, so Terry, the thing about the mudjar tree is that it 
will actually parasitize many things a long way away, not just Banksias. So they are a mistletoe. So they're not really that choosy about what they are after. They're hemiparasitic, so they can actually survive on their own, but in their younger years, they definitely need to hook into other stuff. So the root systems of the mudja tree can go for kilometres. So, and the reason that you see them in paddocks in the early days when um, they were clearing all the bushland and there were um, particularly the Noongar people that were used to help clear, they would never, ever, ever cut down the mudja tree because it's it's incredibly, um, it's a very important spiritual tree. So that's why you quite, and then they, they tried to uh, tell all the landowners that no, these these trees hold the spirit of our, of our ancestors. So that's why you see them in a paddock oh. out of respect for for the significance of the Nutsia floribunda. And the paddock, like the grass and the paddock, is enough. To it's enough it to-, to keep it going. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. And that's why Terry. Okay. Wow. Well, that was going to be my assumption, and uh, but uh, many thanks to those people that uh, ensure that those trees survive. Because absolutely, I think we all love them. Yeah. they are. They Beautiful are summer tree. in Perth, aren't they? Yeah, when you see that absolutely. bright orange. Yeah, uh, Vern is in Kalgoorlie now. She's having trouble with her lawn, and mm. we've got photos oh, got of it as well. Yep. So, Verna, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Verna, it's looking a bit patchy, isn't it? Like dead patches. Um, yeah. I gave you a bit of an explanation. Uh, a couple of years ago, my husband ripped it up and we um, re-sort of um, replanted it. and reseeded some of the section. The section that's all patchy is the bit that I've been reseeded. Yep. And I used a mix of, uh, I think it was running fescue, Kentucky bluegrass, and something else. Yep. Okay. Uh, supposedly for shade and that, and yep. it just keeps getting worse and worse and dies off and. Now, now to rip it up again. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. Now, Verna, did you have any larvae in there or sodworm or uh, – uh, so did you notice any tiny little moths around the lawn at any point in no. time? Okay. No. Did you notice any beetles coming up? Uh, we've had beetles in the past but not so many now. Okay. Um, all righty. So it may actually be either compaction or fungal. So I would I would give it a spray with a mancozeb based fungicide. Yep. Do it in the afternoon, late afternoon. Do not water or fertilize the lawn for at least 4 days and see if that helps because it might be a fungal disease. Where no. you are, do you get frost? Not really, no. The other half of the lawn is kaikuyu, which is doing really well. Yeah, yeah. But is this <laughs> so in quite... i Okay. So, well, you just need the runners. But is this... Um, is it in the shade? Partly, yeah. Okay. And go and get... Some trees around. <laughs> go and get some dichondra. Have yep. you tried dichondra? No. Now, in summer, the dichondra will establish. If you get frost in winter, it will kill it. That's why I was asking you if you – but if it gets really cold, it will shrink, but it will come back in summer. And dichondra loves shade, and it will fill all those little gaps. It's a native plant from Queensland. You don't have to mow it. It doesn't get flowers, so you can be barefoot on it. Um I'd spray with the mancozeb first, then put the dichondra in. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Verna. Thanks for being so patient. Um, we're going to Mandra now. And Anne. Hello, Anne. Oh, good morning. Hi. Morning, Anne. You're on. How can we help? I've been waiting. Five weeks ago, I was um, quite severely impacted with the fire. Oh, yeah. Um, Anyway, I've got a house and whatnot, but the the vegetation has suffered quite a lot. Um, Tuart trees, um, gum trees. Mm, yeah. Um, so there there is some growth on the gum trees. Yeah. Um, I think the tuart trees are going to be okay. They're yeah. very large and they're very old. Yeah. 
Um, one of them seemed to have an internal fire that's probably going to go, I think. Right. Do you think? Yep. Yep. Um, the other, the others are the, um, not the beaches, the other common grevilleas and things like that. Yep. Which I'm, I'm thinking no, probably they won't. Need to go. I don't. They won't make. They won't make it. No. They won't make it. No. Good No. That's the bulldozer then. Yeah. Oh, um, and um, oh, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. um, a, a little apricot tree uh, was only quite small, but uh, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that one. Yeah. Well, Anne, the, the, what I'd suggest you do is go around with a wetting agent, um, get wetting agent into the soil, and then I would get some of those spreadable soil microbes just to kickstart the ecology and the biology in the soil to help plants regenerate. So water, number one, water is vital. So wetting agent, water where you can. I don't know how big your property is, but um, get water to the plants. Don't fertilise anything, um, but get the microbes down and see if you can, once you kickstart the biology of the soil, the plants should start regenerating. And I'm going to be fingers and toes crossed for you. And I'm feeling like we're having a bit of a good luck vibe this morning because Mm -hmm. Cherie has just texted back about (gasps) her passion fruit. Yes. She scraped the main stem. It's green. Woohoo! There's life. I have to say, it looked dead to me, but well done. (laughs) Let's go to Adrian now in Raleigh Stone. Hello, Adrian. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good, good, Adrian. Uh, Listen, we have a problem with our zucchini plants. We've got about... Half a dozen of them. Yep. And they're all, they're all, um, they've all grown really well. So, you know, big leaves and all that. Yep. Except the flowers are all female. So we've had like 30 female flowers okay. and about one to two male flowers. Okay. So the boys are being a little bit shy. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Adrian, what I want you to do is I want you to prune your zucchinis. Now, I know that that sounds really wacko, but once you prune some of the stems off, that will encourage the growth that will bring the male plants. Okay. So when you mean prune, prune the leaves or the the actual stem part? Prune the stem part. Now, don't do the whole thing, obviously. Um, Got to leave some of the ladies. You would leave some of those girls because you only need one boy for about three girls. Yeah. They're they're strong, strong fellas. Um, And I'd suggest that you actually pollinate them yourself first thing in the morning. So just rip the male flower off, take the petals off, and then poke him around the place. Um, But cut the stems, but you only want to take a third of the stems and prune them back. Okay. Okay. And so will new, will new stem grow? Will it just extend yep. or will you... No, no, no. You, you'll get a whole pile of new growth. Okay. Mm. And hopefully some male flowers. Yes, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's unusual for the boys to be, you know, a little bit shy because with pumpkins it's the opposite. It's always oh. male flowers and no female flowers. And would, would cutting the stems tell the plant time is running out? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So get your skates on, boys. Yeah, come on. Come on, boys. Come to the dance party. Okay, more calls and texts. We've got 10 minutes to go on ABC Radio Perth's Roots and Shoots. If you've got 15 minutes to burn, that's all the time you need to get your bushfire plan ready. Make sure you've got a battery-powered radio, spare batteries, and know your local ABC frequency so you can stay up to date. You can text FIREPLAN to 0437 922 720 to get a link to start your plan now. ABC Radio, your emergency broadcaster. And there is a total fire ban today for a number of areas. I'll give you the full list before we go at 10 o'clock. But that fire plan thing, really great idea. Yeah, Automatic brilliant. text to your phone. Okay, good morning. When my Kentia fronds go brown, I cut them off at the base. But how do I encourage new growth, please? Ask Trudy. Okay, Trudy, you just need to water. Yeah. So Kentia palms, native palm, beautiful. Even, you know, I'm not big on palms at all. Like mm. yeah. Dr. Bugalug's got me into palms. He gave me a whole pile. Um, so I have a massive Kentia palm and it, it would have to be probably the most neglected palm 
pot in my whole yard. Every time I go, oh, you poor thing, I better give you some water, I get three or four new fronds. Saturated. Absolutely saturated. And you will get, and they like nitrogen. Okay. Love chicken poo. Bernie asks, um, living in Bustleton, have planted some pelagonium. The leaves are healthy, lots of buds, but when they flower, they go brown straight away. What's wrong? Oh, Bernie, it sounds to me like you're giving them too much water. Uh, I would spray, again, with a mancozeb-based spray. They've got a fungus. Ah, all right. Um, Sabrina, we planted a line of six-foot jacarandas and the parrots have eaten the tops off some of them. Beasts. The trunks are dead, but there's shoots oh. coming out at ground level. Mm. If we cut the trunks off, will they grow up again? Well, the problem with that, Kay, is you're never going to have a good shape of the tree because they'll be a multi-trunked oh. uh, jacaranda. So what I would suggest you do is leave one, one, so take all the other shoots off, leave one main shoot and try and train that as your main trunk. Okay. I have this pesky trailing fern-like plant overtaking my garden. We've dug up every little bit but we can s- that we can see, but it just seems to return more vigorously. It has little thorns along the vines. Oh. Angry face. What is it and how do I permanently get rid of it? That is the asparagus fern. It's the greatest mongrel of a thing because oh. even with gloves on, when you pull it, just the thorns just rip all your skin. Uh, very difficult to control. You can spot spray it with... Uh, Uh, glyphosate spray but it has the most amazing corm down in the ground and you've basically you have to keep digging it out oh that does not sound like a fun job no it's not (laughs) (laughs) this is roots and shoots with our gardening guru sabrina han i'm sarah knight sitting in for amber cunningham Mm. who will be your host from next week was supposed to be here today Mm. lost her voice couldn't speak I'm the ring in. Annie from Esperance has also rung in. Uh, Annie, welcome to Roots and Shoots. How can we help you? Good morning, ladies. Um, mine's a bit of a tricky one in the respect that um, I, my father died 14 years ago and he's currently at our cemetery and we have this beautiful uh, little rose garden sort of uh, place where all the uh, um, crematorium area is. Yep, yep. Um, an issue the Shire plants a tree um, um, for you. Yep. In the time that he's been gone, I've, four of the rose bushes have died. Mm. I think, uh, I don't know whether it's got to do with the irrigation that they use out there, but in the past now, I just go out there. Um, Hand water. You, is I dig up the dead one and I, um, I typically get a gold bunny or something like that and mm. I fertilise, do all the right things, give it a good water and, yeah, probably lasts a year and that one's gone as well. So I'm just wondering, is there a trick to making this, um, trying to keep the rose alive out there. Okay, so clay. Go and get a bag of clay, a bag of compost. Put them in with lots of clay. Roses love clay. Um, You always use a wetting agent whenever you go out there. Uh, yeah. So the clay will help hold the moisture and the fertiliser. If there's lots of trees around, Annie, there's a lot of um, – it means there's competition for the roses to access water and nutrients. So clay, wetting agent, water every time you go out there, fertilise five times a year. That's really going to be your best bet. Good luck with that, Annie. Uh, moving on to Lynn in Bustleton. Hello, Lynn. Uh, good morning, uh, Rowan and Sabrina. Sorry, I'm just writing down about roses. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Question. <laughs> I have a friend of Penny that was my mother's. Uh, she passed back in uh, 2012. It's not looking good. I've been told it's either too much sun. No. Not enough sun. No. Too much water. No. Not enough water. None of that. It won't be too much sun and it won't be too much water. So forget all that other stuff you've been told. Um, it's right, it looks like it's rotting and then the branches are dead and they just snap off. Okay, and so I it's... I desperately it's, want to keep this one going. Okay, so is it in a pot or in the ground, Lynn? In the ground. Dig it up. I want you to dig it up. I want you to cut out all the rot and I want you to put it in a pot 
in potting mix and put it out where it gets at least six hours full sun a day and it should recover. But keep it in that pot for two years, Lynn. All right. Uh, lucky in Cannington may well be our lucky last. We'll see how we go for time, oh, Wendy. Hi, Lucky. Hey, how are you? Yeah, good. Um, we're just calling. We actually called in a few weeks ago. Now we finally popped in our lawn and our plants. Yeah. But we've popped in some Lily Pilly Goodbye Neighbours and yes. we just wanted some advice on how to prune them Okay. Um, to ensure that they grow into a nice hedge-like manner. Okay. So little and often lucky is the thing for you. So you need to prune the sides and the top, but just a tip prune for the first year and I would prune three times a year not in summer. So in March will be your first one. Just a small amount with a with a battery powered hedge trimmer. Because it's oh, my favourite tool, Sarah. I bought one after hearing you talk about oh, that. Are they good? They're so fun. Love All right. Them. Lucky, thank you for that. And Wendy, we do have time for you. Yay. Hello. How can we help you? Wendy? Hello. Hello, Hello. Wendy. Oh, hi. Oh, sorry, the call in wasn't clear. Oh yeah. So I have um some mature verge trees. I'm very lucky. Um, I have some agonis and I also have box trees. Yep. So my, my question is, if I take a cutting from a Christmas tree, can it, I transplant that into my box trees? And what would happen? Is it, you mean the Nutsia floribunda? Yes. No, yes. not a hope in hell. Wendy, no? it's not that oh. kind of mistletoe. If you wanted oh. a mistletoe mistletoe, you'd need to get the seed, give it to a bird, have the bird oh. land on a branch and poop it out. The Nutsia floribunda is, it's no. You, and they've, <laughs> they're very hard to grow from a cutting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wendy, thank you very much for your call. And that is where we're going to have to leave calls and texts today for Roots and Shoots. Next week, Sabrina is back. Yes. And Amber Cunningham will be here. Promise her voice will be better by next week and you'll enjoy her on the show, I am sure. It's a minute to 10. We have some fire, bin, fire ban information for you now. ABC Radio, fire ban information. Hi, Sarah and Sab. So because of extreme fire danger today, there is a total fire ban. That's in place for parts of the Midwest, Carnamar, Chapman Valley, Karoo, Greater Geraldton, Minganew, Mora, Northampton, Perenjury, Three Springs, Perth Metro area, Armadale, Chittering, Gosnells, Kalamunda, Mundaring, Serpentine, Jarradale and Swan. In the Goldfield Midlands region, Dalwallanew, Corda, 2J, Wangan, Balladu, and in the southwest, Collie, Dardanup, Harvey, Murray, and Waruna. So, in those areas, you must not have any activity that could start a fire. Thanks, Enjoy the Molly. rest of your weekend. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.